Welcome to the Mike Signorelli Podcast. It's good to have you. Over the next 30 minutes, I'm going to do my best to answer the questions that you're actually asking. Before we jump in, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Come on, let's get started. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Mike Signorelli Podcast. I'm super excited today, and I said this before we got rolling, but this is my own selfish indulgence. <laughs> More than anything, I've got a, I've got a guest who I've been following uh, through Facebook now for actually months, and um, I just want to welcome him to the show. His name is Daniel Chand, and he's an evangelist, an incredible speaker and communicator, but more so than that, an authentic man of God, and just I'm feeling the power through my screen. I'm holding. I've almost thrown my phone a couple of times watching him preach. Um, so welcome, welcome to the show, Daniel. Bless you, bless you, Pastor Mike. It's an honor to be on, and I believe many are going to be touched on the show and just inspired, you know, in a powerful way. So yeah, great to be on. Absolutely. Now listen, I'm a I'm a New York City pastor, New York and Long Island, but I'm from the Midwest. I'm not faking anyone out with my accent. Um, obviously, for those of you listening, you're you're probably recognizing he's not from New York either. So where where are you tuning in from right now? So I'm tuning in just outside of London. So I've I got saved in London. Our ministry is based in London and we reside just outside of London. So yeah. Now, what initially attracted me to your ministry is these Facebook live videos where you're in the streets of London declaring the gospel. I've seen some of the most incredible things occur. As a matter of fact, I mean, I've watched it live, live where you're, you're in the moment. I don't know if someone's holding your phone or whatever. And I have, I've wept as I've watched people respond to a call to salvation. I've seen it happen. Um, it's a perfect time difference between New York City and London. So it's like, it just, whenever you go live. So tell me about your heart for evangelism and what you do and what the Lord's using you to do. Sure. I mean, evangelism and reaching souls is the heartbeat of our ministry. In the UK, there's so much going on. I mean, statistics for knife crime and gang crime are at an all-time high. And then when it comes to other faiths that are really um, kind of growing, I think more than ever before, evangelism needs to come back into the church of the UK and really worldwide, to be honest, but God's really placed evangelism on our heart and we're just going for it. You know, when I first got saved and encountered the Holy Spirit, it was one of the first things that was really burning on my heart. And it wasn't even so much about ministry or a platform or a religion, but it was just like, Hey, I've experienced this amazing God. I've experienced his love, his grace. And now I want to become that and pass that on to to my friends and to strangers down the street. And really, our ministry, it's really grassroots. It started on the streets. And now with God's grace, we're reaching thousands upon thousands, you know. So, yeah, I think evangelism is definitely, you know, I think for a long time, especially here in the UK, it's been like number 10 on the list. It's not been a priority. And I think we want to really see a reformation, a revival, a move of God where soul winning is is back into the body of Christ, you know? So, yeah. 
I love so much that you kind of have this upside down value system where it's like, you know, it's you'd rather be in the streets than the stadium or graduate from the streets to the stadium because and and I think we share some kindred DNA. You know, like I had a a thing happen this Sunday where, you know, we're getting ready to have Sunday services, but I'm out outside one of our locations and I saw this man and I just started beginning to talk to him. And I I thought to myself, like, I always want to be the kind of pastor that preaches the gospel to people more outside of a Sunday morning than I do on a Sunday morning, simply because there's more people out there than there will ever be that fill any church building. And there's something that gets ignited every single time that I see you evangelize because I say, your value system is not the one that you necessarily see on Instagram or Facebook amongst the who's who, but it's so, it, it, it just takes me back to the, like, what it's all about. But I guess my question to you is like, what do you say? to the young person who sees the the value system for the stage and says, man, if I could just be one of those communicators with the lights and the cameras and, and all of the likes and the engagement on social media, how do you take that? How do you take that desire and say, well, what if you took that same desire and took it to the streets? Like, how do you replicate who and what you are? Absolutely. I think what I'm going to do in a moment, Mike, I'm going to share my story very briefly, just to encourage viewers and listeners that, you know what? If he can do it with his background and everything I went through, then I believe it will encourage them in their areas. And I believe that, you know what, ministry isn't just confined to the platform or to the pulpit, but really on the streets and our workplace, these are areas where God can truly move and where we can use that area as a mission field. You know, I I believe it's essential. It really, really is. And I think a lot of the time people are very quick to grab a microphone in a building, but they're very slow to reach a stranger down the road with the gospel. And I think that needs to, there needs to be a reshuffling in the body of Christ. Because one thing I always say is we can't go to five church services a week, listen to free worship songs a day, but tell not one single person about Jesus Christ. Somewhere something down the line has gone wrong, Pastor Mike, because When I read the book of Acts, I'll be honest with you, I'm moved to the bottom of my heart because I'm reading about Peter and Paul, who essentially, they're our big brothers. You know, they're family, and they went through so much to reach the unbeliever. They they went through shipwrecks. They went through, you know, so much, you know, persecution for the sake of the gospel. And it touches my heart, you know, when I read about the book of Acts and what our big brothers went through. And then fast forward back to fast forward to now this generation of all the technology and everything being so modern it's just like the very heartbeat of the gospel which is reaching the unbeliever has somehow you know not not it's not a priority anymore in a lot of circles and um so just a little bit of my story i wasn't always a christian i haven't grown up in in a lineage of having pastors in my family or anything like that. I was 19 years old and I got arrested for the third time. I used to love boxing. I used to compete as an amateur. But then when we used to get drunk and involved with the wrong people, we used to use them tools in just a negative way and just get violent and fight, especially when under the influence of drugs. And I was 19 years old old and I was arrested and I was out on bail now I've been released for bail and I left my hometown where I was living to move to another area of London 
just to really run away from the whole court case. And it was while I was on bail that a next door neighbor saw that I was broken, saw that I was depressed, saw that I was drowning my sorrows and just wasting my life. And he stopped me and said, Daniel, Jesus can get you out of this mess. And I'll be honest, Pastor Mike, I laughed in his face simply because I've heard about Jesus. I had family members that were Catholic. They'd, they'd see Jesus as a baby in a manger. I had friends that were Muslim. They'd see Jesus as a prophet. I heard about the historical figure in our histo history lessons. You know, I've heard about him, but I didn't know him. It's like I had information in my head, but no revelation in my heart of who Jesus actually is. You know, 19-year-old boy, I, I was just full of pride and, you know, puffed up with head knowledge. But he then said to me, Daniel, God sees you as a father to a son. And if you repent today, God will wash you and make you a new creation. He'll not only get you out of this mess, but he'll give you eternal life. And it's like something just clicked in my heart. And in the darkest point of my life, the grace of God broke into my soul that day. And since that day, the journey begun. And um, I've really never been the same. One day I was on the way to the court case. The first book I was reading was a book by Smith Wigglesworth on faith. And I was sitting on that train and I was crying out to God, just looking to the sky saying, God, if you're real, God of the Bible, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, if you're really real, please give me another chance. But well, then I flicked through this book on faith and I saw a scripture in there, Mark 11, 22 to 24. The scripture just said, speak to the mountain. And just with childlike faith, I just thought, hey, you know what? I've got nothing to lose. I'm about to go to prison right now. So I just said, I'm going to speak to this court case right now. So just with childlike faith, I said, hey, hey, listen, you court case. I'm speaking to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, move right now. I don't care what the lawyer says. I don't care what the piece of paper says. I don't care what any other human being on this planet says. According to the holy, infallible, incorruptible word of God, court case, move right now. I was just, I turned 20 now at this point, Mike. I was just, just literally, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. You know, a lot of the time we believe the weatherman. But then when it comes to the Bible, the holy, infallible word of God, we want to think twice. We want to process it through our experience. We want to see if it makes sense. But listen, you know, we act on the words of the weatherman and the weatherman gets it wrong. But God can never lie. That's one thing he can't do. And so if God said it, we must believe it. And that settles it. And just with childlike faith, I spoke to that court case and it was like a miracle had happened. The eyewitnesses didn't turn up. The victims didn't turn up. And I just, I, I just knew that this is divine intervention, you know. And the next morning I woke up something had happened where I woke up in the morning and it's like I could sense the manifest presence of God in my bedroom to the point where I had to fall to my knees. And I remember that morning so clearly. I just fell on my knees and I just said to God, God, today I am all yours. You know, I fully surrender. I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be 50-50, you know, or, you know, one foot in the world and one foot in the church. You know, I want to give you my whole heart 
And from there, I knew that as I, you know, got from my knees back onto my feet, I just knew something has changed, something has shifted. And the journey begun for us. And not too long after that, I got plugged into an amazing church that helped me get to, you know, just to grow in God. And um, yeah, I got baptized in water, but I also got baptized in the Holy Spirit, which really, um, you know, transitioned things for us. And what's incredible is the same day I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, the same day, we went out into a very famous shopping center in um, central London. And um, yeah, people began getting healed, including a Muslim in, in the middle of a, a local shop. You know, he dropped his crutches, all the pain left his leg, and he got completely healed. And I began to realize from very early that, you know what, we can argue and have theological debates for hours and years, but when the power of God turns up, the argument is done, you know, and it was like, it was really like Acts chapter one, verse eight came alive in my life where, where when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses. And we began really seeing that. And not too long after that, I met my wife and we got married. And since then, things just took off here in the UK and now, seven years later, we're, we're a leading voice in the UK concerning evangelism and revival. And um, yeah, but I was never looking for ministry. You know, I was just hungry for Jesus. Yeah. And I was never looking for a platform. You know, I wanted to grab that platform and take it wherever I was and just witness to the, whether I'm speaking to 10,000 people or I'm reaching the one person down the street you know, it doesn't really matter to me because for me, it's all about souls and eternity. But one thing, Mike, I'd like to do with just encouraging um, the younger generation coming through is just to say, you know what, if God's got a call on your life, then, you know, things will fall into place sooner or later. But just keep your eyes on him, you know, stay focused and you know, be faithful with the little, you know, if, whether that's reaching just one person down the street or, you know, even if it's as simple as someone trying to, you know, like we have cold calling here where someone tries to call up your phone to sell you something, just little opportunities like that, that will present themselves. Just, we can just share the gospel with them. You know, it's so simple. It's so easy. And um, that's really what it's all about. So um, yeah, before I went into the ministry full time, I did work in the ambulance service for a season as well, which was incredible, you know. And one thing I, I love to say is I came home with testimonies every day of people giving their life to the Lord. And you know what, Brother Mike, I never got in trouble once, on. you know, with my managers. And because, you know, there's many different types of evangelism. There's evangelism, you know, there's the angry street preachers. They have their methods. There's the, you know, the evangelists that are very funny. They have their comical kind of style. With me, I love evangelism with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is the greatest evangelist. And when you've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer you that live, but Christ lives in you. I mean, the Holy Spirit will tell you when to speak and when not to speak. He'll tell you who to speak to, how to do it. And he'll give you the right words to say, even when you don't know what to say, you know? So um, I love evangelism with the Holy Spirit. And I think 
that, that's been one of the keys for us when it comes to seeing the power of God, not just in a church setting, but even on the streets. I mean, we love seeing the power of God move in the churches as well. Um, just to add, you know, we've been seeing great signs and wonders here in the UK and just lives encountering the Holy Spirit in a tangible way. So, yeah, I mean, I just want to encourage those that may be listening that, you know what, just keep your eyes on Jesus. You know, intimacy is where it begins for me, you know, in that private place, in that secret place. Before David killed Goliath in public, he killed a lion and a bear in the secret. You know, and Jesus said, for what you do in the secret, you will be rewarded in the open. So evangelism for us actually begins in the secret place. But there's, then there's some folk that will just speak about the secret place. But I believe God's looking for a people that would go from the secret place to the public place. You know, because when I look at our savior, Mike, he didn't die somewhere private. You know, he didn't die in a prison somewhere. It was in public. It was on the Mount of Golgotha, so everyone can see. But if Jesus died in public, why should we keep our faith a secret? Right, come on. Do you see what I'm saying? And I love the Holy Spirit because we aren't good enough. You know, we haven't got the strength. We haven't got the confidence. You know, we were all a bunch of rebels, you know, before we came to Christ. But, you know, thank God for the blood that washes us and thank God for the Holy Spirit that fills us. Because without that, to be honest, you know, there is no evangelism. So I love evangelism with the Holy Ghost. So, yeah. You know what I love so much about your story? Well, there's so many things, but you know, for me, whenever I take the personality profiles, it, they always come back that I'm extremely introverted and, and, and nobody ever believes it. They're like, that doesn't make sense. And the first time I ever preached, I was 15 years old. A woman literally stopped me in the street. Her face turned ghost white. And she said, I had a dream that you preached at my church and all the youth came to accept Christ. And I looked at her and I, I, I said, Woman, you're crazy. I said, I'm I said, 15, I'm 15 years old. I've never preached in my life. Matter of fact, I hate church. But what happened was the Holy Spirit was beckoning me. And at 15 years old, I, I read the book of Acts. Acts chapter um, one, verse eight is my life verse. Uh, and so, if, so for you to say that, I was like, man, he is speaking my language right now. But um, I remember reading the book of Acts after that woman had that dream, it provoked something in me. And I, I said, the most dangerous prayer I've ever prayed in my life was very simple. I said, God, if this is true, if what I'm reading in the book of Acts is, is something that can occur today, I want it. And when I said that, I mean, I had a, a, an encounter with God and sure enough, I went back to that woman. I said, yes, I'll do it. I'll preach your church. And the same thing, I didn't have a seminary degree. I didn't have any formal training. I was such an introvert. I Nobody hardly had ever even heard me talk in my own church, let alone another church. And what happened was I got up there. The first 30 seconds I was shaking. I, I had this, this fear, but then the Holy Spirit activated this gift inside of me. I began to preach with a boldness beyond my years. And you know what happened was those those teenagers in that church did accept Christ just like her dream. Then then there was a and it's a similar story to yours where like the Holy Spirit came upon you, you begin to evangelize, and then a Muslim accepted Christ, you know, or got healed rather. Well, for me, for me, uh, this woman, the same woman who had that dream, 
she brought her four-year-old daughter to me and I and said, will you pray for my daughter? She was born with a decrepit hand. And you know what's really weird about your story? I all, The very first book that I read in that season of my life was also Smith Wigglesworth. So, and so I read all these, so I was filling myself with all these stories of these medically verifiable miracles. And I was saying, I, and I remember I I was like, I don't even know the right words to say, but I know God can do it. So I laid my hand to heal, uh, to pray for healing on her four-year-old daughter and her decrepit hand shot forward like that. And the whole place went absolutely bananas. I mean, it was like up for grabs. And, you know, so, so, and I think for me, it was like, you know, didn't have the formal Bible training. I I didn't really, all I knew is I believed what God said. I believed that he could make the impossible possible. And I kept saying yes. And, you know, here I am as a lead pastor, I say, God, I never want to be a professional Christian. I never want to be an institutional. You know, it's the difference between the zoo and being in the wild. You know, I I want to, and and I, it's so for me, I'm in New York and I tell God, I'm like, God, I want to be dangerous everywhere I go. I want to be dangerous. I, 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 and, and so for me, I have so many stories of how our church has grown by me just saying, can I pray for you? Can I tell you this story of how Jesus changed my life? And, and any, anytime someone works for me, I'm like, okay, guys, I love that we have office hours. But if I was the devil and this is strategic warfare, I would say all the most powerful Christians are in that church office from nine to five and they're not coming out because they're working on their videos. They're working on all their content. They're working on their sermon. And so I would tell them, my employees, we're going to go out randomly into the city throughout the day and be so unpredictable. And that that's what I love about you. There's an unpredictable this to you where it's like this spirit-led life where it's like I don't know what Daniel Chand is going to do I you know I I don't know and 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 you know what, what I love about your story is like you come from boxing and how the natural and the supernatural they parallel because you have this warrior's heart and you know in bo- in boxing if you get too predictable in boxing you'll start losing every match you know so there's something there's some there's something about you where like you have this unpredictableness to you where it's like you're you're living this spirit filled life and and so i guess what i want to ask you is i'm praying that somebody listening to this right now is being so provoked by his story being so provoked by my story that you say you're not saying god your our prayer shouldn't be god put me on a church staff where i could make cool content all day our prayer shouldn't be you know god put me on the big stage so that people will finally know how eloquent i am our, our heart's desire should be god make me somebody who will win so make disciples, pray for the sick and the disease that they would be healed and see medically verifiable miracles. So I, I guess, um, Daniel, how do you, how do you provoke that? I mean, I know you said the intimate places, right? It, it's, you know, knowing God intimately, but we live in this Instagrammable world, this Facebook world where, where we don't want the private, we want the public, right? So how do you stir up, how do you stir up that desire inside of you? Cause surely you've got to, you've went out and, and evangelized and, and maybe said, man, I'm not feeling it in my emotions today. Or, you know, like, how do you, how do you fan your own flame in 2019? Like, how do you provoke that? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. And yeah, I mean, I've got a few things that can really empower the viewers. And for me personally, there are around four or five things that really help me fan that flame and keep that fire burning, to be honest. Like I said, number one is intimacy with the Lord. You know, 
Jesus said, shut the door and get alone with the Father. And sometimes we need to shut the door on Facebook. We need to shut the door on Instagram Come and our on. mobile phones and prioritize alone time with God. You know, really just having him as your bestest friend in a secret place. And then you'll be rewarded in a public place, just as the scripture says. So number one, I'd say intimacy with God. Um, because for us, ministry isn't the primary focus. Ministry is an assignment that God has given us. And with his grace and spirit, we will fulfill that. But intimacy with the God, with God, being right with God is, that's everything for us. So that's number one. Number two, I'd say the word of God. Mm. You know, the Bible. Yeah. You know, reading a Facebook quote of a Bible verse is not enough to sustain you. Come on. Like, that's like candy. You know, that, that, that's... <laughs> That's not nutritious to the spirit man. And I like to be more aware of the spirit realm than I am of the physical realm. Come on. You know, I always, one man of God once said this. He said, we can't have three warm meals a day, but one cold spiritual snack a week. Come on. We need the word of God. We need the Bible because the Bible isn't just a historical book or it's not just letters on a piece of paper. It's infallible. It's alive. It's yeah. a sword in the realm of the spirit. And when I approach the word, I'm not just approaching it to mentally help me preach better. No. I'm not reading it so I can memorize things mm -hmm. better. I'm feeding Memorize my spirit man, my inner man. I'm feeding I'm my spirit my man, my inner so man. I'd say number one, I'm nourishing my soul. So I'd say number two, one, intimacy with the Lord. Number two, the word of God. Number three, prayer. Is prayer. Just crucial. Mm -hmm. prayer, prayer is just crucial. Prayer is just crucial. You know, I'm talking about praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. You know, praying in the spirit. Holy God, come on. We'll just really mobilize you and empower you. The scripture says, he who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself and building up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. So number three, praying in the Spirit. And I'd say number four, the company you keep. Mm. You know, there's power in association. Yeah. You know, and the Bible says, bad company will corrupt good character, yeah. but iron will sharpen iron. Yeah. So, you know, I want to be around those that are anointed. I don't want to be around people that will try and put a wet blanket on the fire that I'm carrying. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think being around people that are burning, people that love God, people that are committed to church, people that are just passionate about doing the work of God, get around them people, you know, yeah. because, you know, you're, the company you keep is so, so important. And I'll piggy bank off that. And just to kind of, um, yeah, just guard, you know, almost guard the anointing upon your life. Guard it. Mm -hmm. Don't just listen to anything, can watch anything, can hang around anyone. You know, and it's not about being religious or legalistic because, you know, we're not about religion. You know, this is all about relationship with God, you know. However, you know, that there is a certain discipline, I believe, that as believers, you know, you know, like you said, I've, I've boxed, you know, I used to box and I had to watch what I eat. Yeah. You know, I couldn't eat certain foods. It would affect, you know, how my body reacts. You know, yeah. the same way certain things we're feeding our soul, certain things that we're listening to, watching, you know, can affect, you know, you know, the flesh and keep us in bondage to an extent. 
So I'd say a level of consecration is very important. But notice how I put that last on the list because it's not about religion, it's about intimacy with God. Just coming to God as you are. His grace will transform you. His love will transform you. And in the words of God will feed you. Praying in the Holy Spirit will edify you. Being around the right people will encourage you from time to time. And that should eventually build in character and resilience to walk in holiness. So they're just a few points, um, you know, just top of my head, really, just to encourage every viewer to just say, hey, look, you know, there are certain things that will need to go. There are certain things that will need to kind of be prioritized. But the main thing is having Jesus as your bestest friend, yeah. you know, the, in the simplest form. Just having him number one in your life, where when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you look at is not your mobile phone. Come on. Forget what the time is. Who cares who's messaged you? I've mm-hmm. got breath in my lungs and I'm awake for another day. Yeah. I want to speak to my daddy. Yeah. I want to say thank you to him. I want his strength and his grace for whatever challenges and whatever I may go through today. And then, you know, later on, I may look at my phone and, you know, pop a little message to a few friends or whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But let's keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Wow. And if it's cool with you, maybe we can pray for the viewers in a moment. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm just saying, speaking of keeping the right company, I mean, I, right now, I'm, I'm feeling the flames through the screen, and I'm so grateful. <laughs> I'm so grateful that, that I get to keep company with you, and I'll just tell you like something special is stirring I I believe that people if you're listening to this right now you need to hit replay on this and get what he is saying in your spirit because I think people have been asking the question how do I go to the next level and they don't know how to advance and unfortunately not a lot of people are going to tell you to turn your phone off you know not because they benefit greatly from you keeping your phone on and them keeping you in that negative feedback loop and so I believe that if you've been wrestling like what is the word of the lord for my life well you just heard it so put it on repeat and listen to it again and let that get inside of you and let it challenge you to the point where you get to the next level and i will tell you this before we pray and i know you know this but you've already found a true brother you know uh, boxing is cool but in the spiritual realm you've always got to fight back to back so that you're covered so that you're covered 360 degrees and i'm sure after this podcast go li- goes live you've got a whole church out here who who loves you so uh new york city welcomes you (laughs) but um (laughs) it's an honor to connect and i know we've got memories to make in the kingdom it's just the beginning absolutely yes we do so let's do this you know well winding down here i would love nothing more for you to just you know to just release a prayer for those who are saying i i know this to be true you know even as me and you told some stories i believe that there's people who who are listening who are saying i have those stories i've prayed for people and seen medically verifiable miracles i used to be bold in going to speak to anyone on the streets but Maybe they've gone, they've, they've backslidden, so to speak. You know, they've, they've gotten into this place of comfort and conformity to, and they're saying there's something in them that's saying, um, it's burning within me. I, I want to find company with men like that again. I mean, maybe you can pray towards that. And this is a moment of reconciliation and healing and restoration in their walk with Christ right now. So I just want to give you a few moments to just, to just lift up that prayer. Heavenly Father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Most High God, 
we come to you today through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the righteousness of Christ. Father, I just thank you for this broadcast and this podcast today. Lord, may every word penetrate the hearts of the listener. Lord, I declare every person tuning in will not be left the same, even through this prayer right now. Lord, through the sound system, through the speaker, touch them right now with your Holy Ghost. Lord, empower them, edify them. And Lord, I just pray right now for believers that may have been once on fire, that may have once walked with you and walked like you. Lord, I just pray for them right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, there may be people watching right now. You were once on fire, but due to a suddenly, a sudden divorce, a sudden loss of a loved one, a sudden accident that may have happened that just knocked you off course. I just sense the spirit of the Lord saying to you right now, just come to me, just come to me, not necessarily religion, but just come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you peace. Just come to me just the way you are. And yeah, Father, in Jesus' name, as people make an active response to repent and turn back to you, Father, I just thank you for a refreshing. I just thank you, Lord, for the fresh fire of God to come upon them in Jesus' name. And Lord, I even pray against every snare of the enemy on the next generation. Lord, I cancel every plot, plan, and scheme of the enemy. We break its power in Jesus' name. And I declare no devil in hell or no man on earth will be able to stop the call of God on the lives of the next generation in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray right now for every viewer, every listener, I declare every person will not be left the same after this vodcast. Touch them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Touch them right now. Those that have sicknesses in their bodies, be whole in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Those that are suffering with depression, we break the power of it in Jesus' name. Those that may be suffering with religion and apathy and tradition, we just come against religion and we just thank you for an authenticity, fresh grace to come upon every person watching in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, what an incredibly powerful time we had today. Everyone who's listening, go ahead and hit that subscribe. Give us five stars. Share this with a friend who so desperately needs this message. And we will see you in the next episode. If this episode helped you in any way, visit MikeSignorelli.com and sign up to receive encouragement and resources directly to your inbox. I'll see you over there and I'll see you next episode.